Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. And I'm Ken Napsock, and we are here today to go Force Center scene by scene. Our first style, our first look at a scene up close in that Force uh, Center style. We're going into Ray's Mirror Cave today, and this was all made possible by you on Patreon. We had a poll up there last month. This is the scene you chose out of uh, about five choices. And don't worry, if your choice didn't uh, quote-unquote win, you'll still have a chance. We're going to keep 
doing this at least once a month. And it's a lot of uh, fun to uh, bring you all into the process as we go for center scene by scene. As always, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash four center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And what book are we recommending today, Joseph? Uh, we always try to recommend something that fits with our episode, and since we are journeying journeying into Ray's Mirror Cave, it seems appropriate to recommend The Last Jedi novelization by Jason C. Fry. It is a good read and a good listen, so it makes sense for Audible. Do that. Try it out now on us. Download your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audio book joseph scene by scene this excites me we've we've taken our our eye to the movies to the themes to the characters but now we're going to start looking at specific scenes and i'm really excited about that today yeah yeah me too and then uh just for uh older fans and newer fans and really that covers anyone so for anyone listening to this episode uh we just want to do a quick review we talked about this more on our show this last tuesday uh for years our main show has been we talk a little bit about our week about our star wars adventures then we talk news then we do this uh, big juicy main topic and then we take audience questions uh so we've kind of split that up so on tuesday it'll be news and audience questions and life catch up and then here on uh, later in the week on thursday we're going to be doing these deep dive episodes which used to basically be the main topic of the main show so that's what this is about do you have anything to add to that ken did i forget anything no well said we thank you all out there for your support as, as we uh, try something new and and what this also means is on tuesday our star wars life adventures can can maybe even count this episode i'm kidding of course but <laughs> Uh, there is uh, sometimes I do come around to talk about our Star Wars adventures like, well, I, I watched a movie and I read a book and I did a thousand things all for the wonders and the joys of Force Center and still had more adventures. A friend tweeted me today because it or texted me because it is the uh, PlayStation free uh, game of the month. I'm like, have you tried that Battlefront 2? <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, uh, yeah, yes, I have. Yes, I have for hours. Anyway, <laughs> enough of that. Yeah. Shall we dive into the mirror cave? Let's dive in and hopefully swim like Ray did, question mark? Question mark. We'll dig into that because we're going to talk about specific details, but also big picture stuff, what is going on in the scene, how we feel about the scene, and how the scene uh, might help tell the overall story of Ray's journey in the sequel trilogy. So, Ken, let's start with a temperature taking. How did you feel about the scene when you first saw it back in 2017? Did you like it? Did you love it? Were you confused, frustrated, moved? What were your emotions? emotions oh man let's go back to 2017 right uh i was um at the time i was kind of taking it in still with my quest for written answers so to speak like you know the theories the the ray theories and all the thing all those things you know whether you were an active participant in them or not they were there so i couldn't help when this started i think i literally kind of mumbled the words oh here we go <laughs> and then when the reveal happens, the hand on the mirror and she sees herself. I, I actually kind of giggled and thought to myself, they, oh, they did that. They did it. Oh, my God. That's the answer to the theory question. And I kind of went went down that path. So, you know, kind of what that tells me now is I was a little more obsessed with uh, you know, my own thirst for trivia answers and more more than the revelation of character. And I've, I've changed a lot of uh, a lot of my habits, at least fine tune them, I think, and, and uh, more concerned about what that meant to her and her story. So 
you know, that's kind of where it was then. Uh, and, and I did like it. I, 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 I was, I, I, I so love the, the reveal of her talking to Kylo that, that this scene, the sequence always stood out to me. Yeah, you've mentioned that a couple times. That was great to keep in mind uh, that that observation that you've had, that that's a power of this scene is the way it is uh, cut and filmed. It's not just Ray in the cave. It is the way it is narrated and presented to Kylo. So we will definitely dig into that. Uh, yeah, I think I take your point. That's a really good memory of The Last Jedi. I'm kind of I could be wrong uh, and I'm, I'm sure fans would be happy to correct me. But I feel like when The Last Jedi came out, it was natural to be wanting uh, answers or further storytelling on all the things that we'd been debating about. So I think a lot of the initial reaction to Last Jedi from people who loved it, from people who who didn't like it at all, was a reaction to those moments that felt like, oh, what's Luke's first word's going to be? Oh, he's going to toss the lightsaber away. Who? What, what will Rey discover? Oh, it's just another mirror of her. Uh, who is Snoke? Uh, he's dead. That's who he is. So these laundry lists of responses i think kind of colored the way we saw the movie and i think now that we've gotten farther away from that time i think there's a sense that to me that everyone in fandom is just looking at the movie for the movie Mm. rather than that response to two years of fan discussion which you know it was never intended to be right that we kind of layered that over the film i think in a natural way uh in, in a way that i think a lot of us have become more cautious about yeah, I, I, yeah, it, it's part of the fun, but yeah, you you just made me think of you know Luke's first words, right? That was like stories. Oh, there's a rumor of the the first thing she says to him, right? And that was like it's it was, it was like a prop bet if you're a football betting guy or something like that. It's like a side bet of who's going to score more touchdowns today. And it was just we all, we all got caught up caught up in that. There was a spotlight Star Wars episode I did around that time, or maybe coming closer to coming out of Force Awakens, where it's like JJ has helped bring some of that Game of Thrones theory play uh in, into the into the story where oh what's this what's that mean and 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 i don't know if J, how much jj intended to do that by the way uh but i don't have a regret getting caught up in it i was in, you can roll your eyes but last jedi helped change that for me because i came out and i was like i i was looking for the wrong things and and that can sound preachy if if if, if i apologize if it does but i just kind of came out of it like oh got it got Got where I was looking, <laughs> you know, looking at the wrong spots. Yeah. And I, I think the reason that it's good to discuss it is that I think that's a part of the reason that we really want to reexamine scenes like this. But also for me, there's a little bit of sort of meta energy of what's going on in the mirror cave up to a point for me is Ray looking for just a simple, definitive answer of mm-hmm. who exactly were my parents that will give me what I need uh, in terms of figuring out my place and all this. Uh, and it's interesting that some of us in the audience were like, yeah, just tell us <laughs> the answer that'll be back on the, on the back of a trivial pursuit card. And that, that will center us in the story, you know, and, and that's the journey is more complex as we'll discuss. Um, for myself, uh, it, the first time I saw it was, there was definitely some of that of like, what are these kind of big canon answers? Uh, but I also just immediately really loved the star Wars poetry of it. I really liked how much, Last Jedi did have a relationship with Empire Strikes Back and I, and I think to a lesser degree Attack of the Clones, but having that very specific. Here is the poetry of a confused force user uh, going through a, into a dark side space trying to discover something. Uh, and it was very similar, but very, very different at the same time. So I really like that. 
Um, I think even now, Last Jedi is a balancing act of how much of it is Rey's story, how much of it is Kylo's story, how much of it is Luke's story. Obviously, Poe and Finn have big arcs. We spend a lot of time with uh, with Rose. But this is a moment that really centers Rey's story and makes everything about Rey in this moment and I think is key to her journey in this movie. So I always really like this scene from this is really centering Rey's story. Um, mm-hmm. And then the other thing, just for beginning of this discussion is we're going to get down into picking over <laughs> every line and, and image like we do. And that's what makes a scene by scene discussion fun. But I also just want to start with that big picture perspective of there's just something visceral and emotional about the images. You can turn your brain off and just feel a lot uh, subliminally almost from just this strange image of kind of uh finding yourself in, in this dark, watery, uh, maybe cold, maybe kind of organic space, and then you're inside a mirror, and then you you won't end, and you're in rhythm with yourself, but you're also afraid. There's just, the simple images just evoke a lot, I think. Well, it's so, man, sometimes I, um, I'm smarter than I, I believe. I, I didn't do this intentionally. Just I put on that score only version of the last Jedi last night, you know, just like and and when you take it down to those those basics and the visuals, uh, you know, Williams music, this this scene is just as clear and just as powerful. Everything there. Everything is there. It's built into it. No, that's really cool. I got to make time to do that, to listen to the score only version. Um, so going into this scene in The Last Jedi, uh, if you're a Star Wars fan who've, who's rewatched the movies a lot as soon as Ray is going into a dark side cave, we have the knowledge of Luke's experience on the, in, you know, in the tree cave on Dagobah. Uh, That is explicitly that scene is about what you take in with you. So I think for Star Wars fans who've, who've rewatched Empire Strikes Back a lot and thought about it a lot, what do you think we as an audience were taking into Ray's mirror cave scene with us because of Luke's tree cave scene. I, I, I think f- this might just again go kind of what I was saying up top. It, it might have been a big giant revelation, um, which in a way it was right. It was like it, it keeps in in line with that. Um, and going back to Empire, if you're in, the, I mean, maybe you maybe if you're in the theater in 1980 and you see that, you blurt out, "Oh, he's his father." Um, <laughs> I don't know. You know, I don't know. I, we, I don't have that, the benefit of, of seeing that without knowing what happens. Um, so I, 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 I was, I was really happy that they did it. I, I, there was, that's part of it too. Just kind of knowing Empire's story, just when, when she starts walking up to it in that moment, I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Every, this needs to happen. Everyone's got to go into that cave. And, and that's because of, of, and, and, you know, we'll come to Anakin's version of that too later on, but like, um, you know, it, it's it's Star Wars, Star Wars poetry. But I was excited. I was it made me excited. Okay, so you were focusing a little bit on that idea that there might be a revelation, as you were saying. That that's what you took from. Definitely, that's what I took yeah. into the cave with me. That's what you took into the cave with you. Interesting, uh, and I think that makes a lot of sense. I love that moment in Empire Strikes Back and thinking through exactly what you were talking about. Is um, 
yeah, when you watch it in retrospect, it feels like, ooh, we're setting up the revelation. I think they certainly are. But there's also uh, what what's happening in that scene proceeding with Luke and Yoda is Luke is teaching him about the difference between the dark side and the light and saying it will consume you if you mm-hmm. use the force, uh, you know, for attack and give in to quick seductive uh, power of anger and, and fear you will be consumed as Obi-Wan's apprentice. So even if the revelation wasn't there at the end of Empire Strikes Back, it would mm-hmm. still be telling us something about Luke of you're going down the same path as as this guy, as as Vader. Um, so I think for me, with not only it being like, yeah, it is absolutely a, the beginning of this huge canon revelation that Vader is Luke's father, but it also is still entirely an entirely sound storytelling beat without the explicit uh, father-son relationship. And I think the sort of bias or interpretation that I took with me as Ray went into the mirror cave from that is that the experience of going into one of these dark side caves is facing some version of your dark self because mm-hmm. Luke ends up, you know, facing him himself uh, in terms of the mask literally exploding and, you know, metaphorically with, if he goes in with aggression with weapons, he's only going to get aggression and weapons back. Um, but I went in with the interpretation for myself as well that these dark side caves will show you some version of the truth, but mm. the most painful, upsetting, possibly manipulative version of the truth. Yep, 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 hundred percent. Yeah, and that I think that really colors my personal interpretation of what's going on in the mirror cave with Ray because of what I have, what I think about uh, Luke's Dagobah cave. So with that, we are going to dive into some of the beat-by-beat details. Uh, We are introduced to the mirror cave early in the film. Luke says it offers Rey something she needs. What does that say about the nature of the cave and the dark side that it is offering, it is calling out to people going, hey, you want this? I know you do. (laughs) I I think... Often what we think we need is is not what we need. So not that Luke's, eh, maybe he's having a little Obi-Wan fun of, you know, you're going to go in there and find something and you're, because you're looking for that something. And, and it, like you just said, Joseph, it's a twist on it, which might come from the dark side. But in there is what is is what you really need. So uh, to maybe explain better from my jumbled brain, like at this point in her journey, Ray needs to feel part of something and the dark side plays on that and the light side may very well be saying at this point you need to be able to stand in your own two feet before you learn about your true past anything like that that's a loose interpretation of it but um and that way you'll be ready for the impact of it all that maybe maybe that's the light side's version of it right like and i'm, I'm saying this with knowledge now joseph as of, of what happens some of some of this <laughs> be like hey you're a palpatine that's not going to go well with you we want you to know that you 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 that nothing idea is actually your strength and it's going to help you there. So the light side might be leading her that way. And that might be what she quote needs from the cave. If Luke's, if we're taking Luke's words, uh, you know, true there, but where, whereas the dark side is twisting the truth, like you said, trying to say, Hey, you're on your own deal with it. And that might, you know, initially make Ray feel like she's standing on emotional quicksand. So I don't know, often the truth and what, kind of makes us an individual can be twisted like you said to feel like a weakness and that's what palpatine is hoping when he when he eventually does his reveal like yeah i'm your only family you're all alone and you go back to this cave moment and the cave kind of was saying you're on your own 
if, yeah. if there's any light side in there um that might or maybe the light sides on the outside of the cave going hey i've got i've got the interpretation if you want to hear it <laughs> so yeah I'll say that's that i i definitely factored in with episode nine now and that's why i think it emotionally connects for me yeah no i think it's all all great great stuff great uh viewpoints um for me the the idea that the dark side offers you something you need uh, i i continue to think of the light side as calm at peace passive where the the light side would go like well here's the truth you know i'll set it on a table you you approach it when you want and this idea that the dark side is basically like hey i got something for you i know you want it uh that is trying to pull you in with the illusion that it can give you what what you need you know the same way palpatine was like i know what you need anakin you need to save padme and that's never what the dark side intended to actually offer to Anakin, you know, and, and to me, I feel that this uh, this rhythm of that's how the dark side works. It it it, it uh, is honest enough to go. This is what you think you need. I I'm telling you, I'm going to give it to you. And I like that. There's that sort of sucker punch of the mirror cave of you. You think what you need is to see your parents. So I will tell you, I'm going to give you that, and then I'll give you something slightly different than that. Right. It's going to shake you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Ray is going to go into the mirror cave, of course. Uh, let me break this down just a little bit to see what she's going in there with. So the scene immediately before the cave is a force connection call with Ray and Kylo. And in this call, there's a lot. Uh, Kylo tells Ray that her greatest weakness is looking for her parents in Solo Skywalker. Kylo also implies that he killed Han because Han represented the past. In the past stops you from becoming who you're meant to be. Uh, finally, Kylo claims that Luke wanted to kill him because he feared Kylo's power, uh, just like he does Ray's. So it's a lot of Kylo explaining himself to Ray and also trying to build these connections of we, we're both held back by our past. We can't be who we need to be unless we uh, kill that past. And uh, Han and Luke aren't going to be there for you just like they weren't there for me. So given all that, that Kylo's saying to Ray, what do you think Ray is really taking in the cave with her? Yeah, it's great stuff. It's, it's, it is a really important call. Um, and, and the pain through Ray, you know, I'm so upset that he killed, he killed his father and she wants one. So I think it's, again, this feeling we know she uh, feels alone, uh, was alone on Jakku for so long and, and is afraid to move on. I, I always talk about how I think her routines on Jakku kept her there. Uh, you know, and she wanted to stay there. She keeps talking about needing to go back. So she was trapped there. She was trapping herself there in a way. So I think there's a, a search for true belonging, uh, search for, yeah, maybe he's right. And then also, I'm glad you brought up this idea that, you know, by this time, Luke's, you know, Luke's afraid of her. She said it. Kylo's like, yep, been there, done that. Here's what's going to happen. Is she going in there to search any more on that? Uh, I don't know. But also when she comes out of it, as we'll discuss, she feels Luke isn't the one to go to. So she clearly takes some mistrust of, of Luke into that cave, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think what, what really affected me is I don't think Ray is to the point where like, oh, I understand why, why you killed Han. But I think right. she is relating to this fear that, I can never move forward unless I understand 
my past because uh, Maz tries to tell her that, right? The belonging you seek is not behind you. It's ahead. And even then she's like, Luke. Uh, so she's, you know, I think re- being affected by Kylo of this idea, really reinforcing this idea of I can't move forward unless I understand uh, my past. In mm-hmm. Kylo's version of that was I'm always going to be what Han and Luke and everybody wanted me to be unless I just kill them. Just they got to be gone so I can be what I'm going to be. And I don't think Ray is buying that, but I think she is buying this is going to be a weakness. This is going to hold me back from finding out what my place is if I don't have this answer about my past. Mm-hmm. And hey, I came here trying to go, okay, I will look for this belonging in the future. I'll look for Luke. He'll tell me uh, how, I- how I fit into all this. And instead, yeah. He fears her. Uh, he doubts her. He doesn't trust the, the, the Jedi. Uh, he's maybe not telling her the full truth of his interaction with Kylo. And I think just more than anything, just that idea of he is this good parent who's like, um, I I can't tell you about these scary adult things, but neither can you go into that dark place and look for them. That's yeah. bad too. So just sit there in your ignorance. <laughs> That's that is powerful to me, right? I mean, mm. not not to downplay it too much to, or make it too real world, but you know, it it, it is almost like you know a, a kid being uh, curious about sex or or what does beer taste like, and a parents like you know I won't don't even speak about it, don't even think about it, you know. Right. But this is Ray's soul, you know uh, mm. that that she's like that okay maybe kylo has a little bit of a point about not trusting luke because he doesn't want me to know the truth and damn it i need to know the truth yeah 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 I, and it's like i don't even see her going in there as a defiance of luke but just uh setting him aside on the shelf a little bit yeah like if you're not going to tell me i will go to yeah. the dark place I, i'm asking you to give me what what i need and you said no and then you judged me for for leaning toward the dark uh, because it told me it would give me what I'd need. So screw you. I'm, I'm going to the dark place, not, yeah. you know, um, <laughs> turning to the dark side, but literally yeah. exploring uh, the darkness. Um, so uh, Ray then, of course, heads to the cave. It is a dark hole with strange, slippery weeds. Do you just how do you feel about that aesthetic? I. <laughs> I get, I mean, maybe because I grew up on the beach and I'm used to kelp everywhere. Uh, it was okay. Uh, I, I know it, it couldn't be a cave um, from the outside like Dagobah. That would, uh, you wouldn't want to do that direct uh, kind of comparison. But sometimes, uh, so, so sometimes I wish it wasn't a, a kelp covered hole. Um, but <laughs> once she's in there, I love the water and the cave and the looks and just that little uh glance of you know the the small little um exit point so to speak going out to the the rest of uh the ocean out there um really like that dark mysterious but it just enough because like going back to even the first time you watch it she walks up you're like okay she's going in then she then it pulls her in right and you've already seen right. it done some weird things and called her and dumped reverse water on her whatever's going on up there earlier so when it's pulled in I remember my first reaction was like, oh, it, it, that ain't bad. It's pretty peaceful in there. Who isn't like, uh, you know, want to go in a cave with some nice water? You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> this is probably great. pretty cold, pretty cold, I'm going to guess. Probably but uh, yeah. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, again, going to my upbringing on Pismo Beach and Shell Beach and these areas in the central coast of California. You have those natural little uh, 
caves in, in, in some of the cliffs and you want to go in there and you hide and relax. And so look at what the dark side's doing. Oh, it's tough up there. But once you get in, don't worry. We got some moonlight. Got a little, little shore, swim to shore. We got something for you here. <laughs> so I really love how all that works out in the end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like that it is both very different, but still has some specific rhythms with the uh, the cave tree on Dagobah. You know, we see Luke kind of descend into this sort of uh, opening in the in the trees, but then as we follow him, there is that very kind of just circular hole in the ground that we see him poke mm-hmm. his head in and, and climb down. So there's a specific relationship with that, but it is such a striking, uh, just kind of gross and disturbing that it's this weird you know, mm. <laughs> hole and then the, this uh, slippery vines. And I love that idea that she looks like she's going down there with purpose, but then she stands there for a second. Right. Mm-hmm. And then she just kind of leans and all that. And then she slips. It, it's not even like pulls. It's just like, it's like what Yoda says, like, if you look into the dark side a little bit, beware that suddenly you're, you're going to be sliding in. <laughs> I totally, totally think that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, We'll get a little bit too. Um, don't want to don't want to make all of this sound like this is stuff that Ray shouldn't have done or that it was a mistake because I think that's a part of the storytelling of this is you you do this is a part of of growing right that you need to face uh, the yeah. darkness and understand it. Uh, so she slips in and then splashes into the water. We have the great Ray swimming debate. <laughs> Ken, do you think Ray actually does any swimming? If you watch this scene. Uh, look, I, I, she does look like me in the fourth grade learning to swim with a bunch of first graders. True story. Um, so it's, <laughs> it's wonderfully awkward. Yeah. Would, uh, was there a, a Jakku, a Jakku, uh, neighborhood pool? Probably not. Um, I think there's some instinct you kicking and we don't see her, you know, we don't see her doing the, you know, backstroke to the, the, the shore. I think there's a little bit of a dog dropped in the bathtub. Let me get to, let me get to safety. So I think there was, she kind of swam. Yeah. I think uh, she instinctively uh, kicked her legs when she plunged into the water so as to not drown. And uh, I, I guess, yes, you, you could call that swimming. I did that in 10th grade or not 10th grade. Uh, when I was 10 years old in Brooklyn yeah. center, <laughs> I was also thrown in a pool. Uh, I paid a professional to teach me to do that. And then I swam like Ray. Uh, and then I was taught how to actually swim. Uh, yeah, we get, we get into this water. Ken, you said some great things about the water. Uh, I love just the aesthetic of the water that ends up kind of continuing throughout Ray and Kylo's relationship going into their big battle on Kefbeer. Uh, I would even argue that a little bit of being in this sort of snowy woods, there's everything about uh, uh, Ray and Kylo's relationship has this sort of uh, this idea of, of water is both a flowing and organic mm-hmm. idea. But uh, even amniotic, thinking about being womb-like, um, but also as this undeniable in, the destructive power, you know, the cold and, and, and drowning. And I love how much water is just used this way, uh, because oftentimes water is depicted in films as, you know, cleansing and rebirth mm. and mm. floating and freeing, right? So I love that it's used here as darkness. Yeah, totally. Uh, so after she splashes up uh, from the darkness, uh, she emerges and her trademark uh, hair, mini buns, ponytails, uh, whatever you want to call them, are washed away. Now, do you, is this just a, hey, it's time for Ray to have a different hairstyle? Or do you take any meaning or power from this that her, uh, the, the buns, ponytails that she's had are washed away and her hair is down? 
I took this as a 100% on purpose uh, then, and I, I take it the same. I take it like 110% now. Uh, to me, she was Force Awakens Ray when she went in there, and she's Episode 8 Ray after. Like, and, and it's all everything, the purpose, the drive, the direction, even the mistakes she's making are all hers going forward. And before that, there's, there's always seeking. There's always seeking and lessons and learning and what uh, this character goes through. But, you know, you know what I mean? Like up until then, she is still, I am uh, from Jakku. I didn't know I'd belong here. I'm here and I don't know what to do with that. And now right or wrong, she's got a, it's a different ray. It's a different direction for her, or at least a direction. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I remember after the first time I saw Last Jedi, I was like, wait, when did her hair change? And I remembered really enjoying seeing that it was in this moment when she sort of uh, said, okay, Luke's not going to help me. I'm going to go find out for myself. And that's, yeah, when this uh, view of who she had been uh, is washed away and she's in this moment of uh, transition and necessary moving forward. And there's been like a, yeah, a visual change to her. I I glad I like that you mentioned that because I kind of remember uh, wondering that too. Like, hey, whoa, when when did it happen? And then you kind of go, oh yeah, the water, the wave, it all makes sense. The cave. Yeah, yeah. Trying to understand yourself, uh, looking into the darkness is a necessary point of transition, even to your hairstyle. Uh, so Ray approaches the mirror, which is uh, cracked. She reaches out and transfers to being or, or perceiving herself inside it. Uh, for you, what what is the general meaning or emotional reaction just to the visual idea of being inside a mirror? Inside a, a mirror and a cracked mirror, like you said, like that's uh, I even look. I even went as far, Joseph, as to look up what broken dreams in uh, uh, broken mirrors and dreams means. Oh, really? Uh, I did. I did. I shall read, sir. Um, uh, in general, this is there's probably websites with deeper uh, writings on this, but this is a quick one. A cracked mirror can indicate that your that your self image is in question. It means that you cannot connect with your own emotions. It means that you cannot connect. Uh, oh wait, they just they repeated that sentence. <laughs> so they really want to drive that home. I mean, not <laughs> they are repeating in the mirror as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and um, broken dr- mirror in a dream is a warning of coming failures and hard days for a person. Mm. And there as well. Yeah, yeah, and th- so, that's great. Uh, yeah, just for the the dreamlike of the of the cracked mirror. Um, yeah. For me, I think obviously it, it's not super deep to say a mirror is about uh, self examination, but I like that it, it could have just been she looks in the mirror, but it is like she's inside the mirror uh and, and we've seen many films the sort of the funhouse mirror thing and i like this idea that she's almost uh transported inside it and, and living inside a mirror because to me that there was something that spoke to uh we we're talking about at the top about the dark side offering you something you need and right. we're talking about exploring your dark side being necessary but it is still the dark side so for me, when I was thinking a lot about being inside a mirror, I was thinking about Anakin's definition of the Jedi and the Sith in uh, in Revenge of the Sith when he is discussing it with Palpatine of the idea that the Jedi think uh, outward and the Sith think only inward. And, and we know that's the story of the dark side. But I thought uh, that seems like a, a great idea of the dark side to say 
hey, we, we want to offer you a, a way to reflect on yourself. We want to help you on your journey. We want to give you answers. But also, we kind of want you to just think only about yourself, to think only mm. inward. And what a great visualization of thinking only inward, to be trapped inside a cracked mirror in the only thing you can see, no matter what, is you and you and you and you. Yeah, and I like this idea, you know, going to this, you know, a poor disordered Dis, dis, uh, dis, um, distorted uh, self-image. Uh, it may, you know, you may feel a certain way about yourself that is totally untrue. I think a lot of us can deal with this through life. So again, going back to some of the stuff I keep focusing on of Ray thinking, "Oh no, I'm alone," versus I'm independent. <laughs> you know, and so she's this mirror is is not it's not clear on purpose. I love that. Yeah, yeah, and I I think we we talk about mirrors a lot in just culture of like, you know, uh, when somebody is maybe behaving poorly and would be a normal thing to say, you know, look yourself in the mirror. And, and it is definitely an image of checking in with yourself and looking truthfully at yourself. But I think there is also some power in when we look into a mirror, it's this very controlled version of seeing ourselves from a specific angle. Mm-hmm. And it is not necessarily, you know, it's a very certain point of view because looking in a mirror is not necessarily the truth of the way the rest of the world sees you from all sides <laughs> moving around, you know, yeah. it's this very specific view of yourself. And again, I like that from dark side perspective of like, yeah, it's, it's true. And it is necessary to look at yourself, but it's not the full truth of yourself because it's your view of you. Mm. Uh, I like what you say about it. it, it. <laughs> That now you're hitting the real world stuff of you know, what you see in that uh, floor length mirror, uh, wall wall length mirror in your room isn't exactly how the world views you. And then that can go a lot of different directions, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. I'm reflecting on some things. <laughs> Understandable. We're talking about mirrors. There's, there should be some reflecting. Uh, so moving on, a female voice says, Ray, uh, if you could hear it with the right uh, sound, it comes from behind you. It's pretty great. With mm-hmm. the story now complete, what do you take that voice to be? Um, we can get into the, you know, ooh, who was that? Or we can talk more about the, what is what is meaningful that she's gone into a dark side cave looking for answers about her past and she hears a woman's voice calling out her name? Well, clearly it was her mother. It was cut from the script and I wish Star Wars would stick to their plans. <laughs> I mean, come on. Now, here's what I think it is. I think it just might be what she wants to hear. It, it, could, it could be the dark side deceiving her, a sweet voice to pull her into a dark path, you know? It's it's uh, it could be that um, I know. And remember, remember initially it was like, was that Leia? That was Leia, right? It was late. Here's a think piece on why it was Leia. Um, it could be all that. But I I, I don't know. I, I, I think it could be what more would she want to hear in that moment? Right. She's in there in large part to search for her parents or the knowledge of it. So the dark side kind of saying much like I'm thinking some of the world between world stuff with Ezra and everything. Just like, hey, you want a Turkish delight? Come on over here. <laughs> Yeah. You want to save your master? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and seeing your parents. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's all really straightforward stuff of she is looking for her parents. So of course she would hear this voice, but I, I enjoy that it is a woman's voice or that it's not a man and a woman's voice with parents. Cause a lot of this is discussed as, is parental figures. A lot of star Wars storytelling is about the relationship with the father. And even in Ray's journey, she's uh, found potential father figures in Han Solo and in Luke Skywalker. At this point, she has only interacted briefly with Leia. And we know going forward that she's going to find a very uh, maternal figure in Leia. 
But I like that this is one of the things that in this whole journey that is a, is a reminder that there is a gendered aspect to this, that this is Ray's journey. Ray is a woman and she's looking for both of her parents. And mm-hmm. she's been wrestling with some of these paternal figures with Kylo and his relationship with his paternal figures. Uh, but that there is a longing specifically for a maternal figure as well. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I like that. I accept those terms. <laughs> I no. think uh, there's also something to me that going forward to Rise of Skywalker in discussion of uh, Ray's, Ray maybe has a little bit more memory of her parents than she is allowing herself to see, that she has more repressed mm. memories. And, and enjoy watching that scene of just like, yeah, those are those are her, maybe some of her own repressed memories calling out to her. Right. Yeah. Again, and uh, yeah, that's calling out to her. It's it's this pool of, like you said, memories, pool of emotions, and the dark side knows which ones to pull out. Uh, you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then there are a line of rays, and their actions ripple. Uh, she examines her hand. She snaps her fingers. Uh, she looks up and down. What do you think the line of rays means? And and what does it evoke? Yeah, you know, look, I could, I can un- some understand, especially now, and I, I even knew some people going into nine that said this. I can understand some wanting uh, the line of rays to represent some sort of clone influence. Uh, there's obviously a real one to one kind of connection with that theory there, but that uh, it was always too easy of an answer for me. And and with what we're discussing here, it's, it's, it's just more in line with just the representation of many versions of herself that she can become. To me, maybe some choices. Each choice. Uh, each choice she makes from this point on will kind of connect and be reflective, uh, or, or, or reflect whichever person, person she becomes. You know, it's just, it's this, you're looking for answers and there's, there, there's different ways to go. Not, not literally, not literally just, but just like, that's kind of what it represents to me. She doesn't know which, who, who she doesn't know who she is. And there's different versions of that out there. Yeah. Like, like almost just sort of repeating question marks because she yeah. literally doesn't know who she is. And then here, here's just more of you is the answer. <laughs> Yeah, and it's a cool visual and everything, and I love I love when I see a lot of the cosplayers doing that. You know, a bunch of rays in a line snapping. The, I love the. It's a great. It's great. Um, uh, see my parents. See my parents. See my parents. I love. I love it. But yeah, to me, it just could be a little bit of uh, different possibilities here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think what I really like about it is this for me, especially with the knowledge of Rise of Skywalker, is where the cave gets to the dark side. Cave gets to telling her things that can be interpreted as truthful but are also uh hopefully i think from the dark side's perspective um painful and might break her and lead her further down the path of the dark side i think the image of her all by herself speaks to uh her history on jakku of self-reliance she's had to uh, grow strong and she's had to rely on herself and only herself and moving forward to rise of skywalker we get a story where uh Yes, her story involves her connection to other people. And uh, I think Rise of Skywalker is a story of how nobody is truly alone and everybody needs people. But then within that, for Rey, it is also a story of self-determination. She gets to choose who she wants to be ultimately. So on the one hand, it's this image of truth of you can... uh, you sometimes you are all you need maybe you can go forward with your own choices and maybe maybe you don't need all these answers but then it's also in that moment it's it's so fearful for her because what she's looking for is belonging 
So to say, hey, the dark side mirror cave, uh, I would like answers about where I belong. Okay, here's just a bunch of pictures of you is obviously stressful and, yeah. and potentially traumatic. Um, yeah. Just and, so not clear, you know? Yeah. <laughs> scary. Uh, scary. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I do, I, I really, that there's something just very haunting about that rhythmic uh, the snapping and the turning and the hand. And, and uh, I think there's also something I like about that, that it, it does feel flowing and organic. And maybe there is a little bit of, of truth to that, that it, that even the, even the dark side allows you to be flowing in organic uh, and, and like water, but that's again, not the whole truth. So even that little bit of like, I feel like I'm in control of the situation is uh, potentially deceptive. Mm. Um, do you think, Everyone, do you think this is the mirror cave shtick? Do you think everybody who goes down there sees repeating images of themselves, or do you think that was a a, a race special? Oh, great question. Um, I like to think of it's a race special, race specific. You know, maybe if someone, I don't know, if someone needs to go down there and and feel like they're a, they're a, a a hero, it might just be the force going. Yes, you are. You're the dark side hero, and it's just you. It's only you. Your path is right. You know, playing upon different uh, desires and needs. If that makes sense. Of, yeah. You know. Mm, if it does. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were uh, if you were no. reaching into the into the mirror cave of your I mean, soul. Or, no. Yeah, I, I think there's something powerful about it being a mirror cave that would make you think like, oh yeah, it's going to mess with everybody in kind of the same way. But I do like the idea that it could. It could pull you in and show you lots of different uh, hurtful, partial truths. Um, and uh, on on the note of partial truths, uh, let's take a quick break, and then we will look at the second half of Ray's journey into the Mirror Cave. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at JenniferLanda and on TikTok as JenniferLanda1138. Hey, Four Center fans, don't forget, Four Center is on YouTube. Head over there to catch up with our new show, Star Wars Show and Tell. Joseph, Jennifer, Ken, and special guests sit down and share favorite items from their own Star Wars memorabilia collections. Plus, there's the In Memoriam video series, encore presentations of Databank Brawl, and special programming all there for you, and more shows on the way. It's Four Center on YouTube. Check it out. And we are heading back into Ray's Mirror Cave. Uh, so, Ken, you, you got a little extra extra fancy setup. So we're entering the part of Ray's journey where she begins narrating her experience. So why don't you go ahead and play what Ray is beginning to narrate. Roll the clip. I should have felt trapped or panicked, but I didn't. 
didn't go on forever. I knew it was leading somewhere. But at the end, it would show me what I came to see. So there we go. Yeah, it's great to hear it in Ray's voice herself and, and put us back in that emotional space. Why do you think Ray doesn't feel trapped or panicked when she is in that line of herself? I mean, she says this didn't go on forever and she knew that it was leading somewhere. But uh, but why do you think she feels that way? Why do you think she feels that uh, almost control? I Because there's some, some competing visuals with this, this statement here. Uh, she balls up her fist uh in a way now i'm not saying she's going in for a fight but it's it's very clear right she goes from kind of open and snapping and this to she balls up that fist so maybe she's not as maybe she's lying to herself a little bit here i don't know um i also think i'm not i'm not gonna say everything was a dark side trick but she felt she this is where she needed to be so i think she was smart enough to realize this is this is going to lead me what I'm seeing has purpose and I'm going for it. I still think she's not seeing it all clearly because we know her true desires, maybe not truly in line with what she needs to hear or what she needs to believe if it, you know, um, but I don't know. I keep going to the fact that, like, yeah, I wasn't trapped or panicked. Um, I'm balling up my fist cause I'm tense. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think to me it goes to, I, I guess I have a couple different thoughts about it. And I don't think for me either need to be like exclusively true because things can be more than one thing. I right. like the idea that she is a strong and reliant person and there is a power in, hey, I have been told by Luke to stay away from here, but I need to face my own darkness and I am choosing this and I want to be here and I'm doing it so that there is like, a little bit of strength, uh, really in, in resolution. And I'm going to face the darkness and I'm going to find the answers. Um, that goes to some of the sort of, uh, positive storytelling of, of myths of you have to face your dark self, or you have to, uh, power through and find the answer. So there's, there's that going on. And I also think that with the balling up the fist, which I'm so glad you mentioned, you can look at it a little bit too, as the pull of the dark side, that the dark side wants you to believe that letting a uh, positive forward determination lean into anger is the way to get things done. Yeah. I'm not saying it's directly to Yoda saying to Luke, you know, your weapons, you know, you want to need them, I, it, but it's, it's just a real, it's there. It's right in front of your face, the balling up of the fist. So yeah, not a very open gesture. <laughs> no no there's a there's a big difference there uh yeah. so she reaches out to the mirror and uh we're not gonna play this clip because it's super long uh but terribly beautiful uh she says let me see them my parents my parents my parents, my parents. Please, please 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 uh and she is at that point uh she's had this resolution that she's gonna find the answer this is leading somewhere she's gonna get what she came to see uh but at this point she is literally the word please begging the dark side for what she needs does begging the dark side for what you need ever work out for any of our characters in star wars no no again it's going to give you a distorted distorted version of the truth right and and yeah. influence your decisions i i think again I, not everything is, is is a direct direct comparison but it's it's just the part of that poetry is is, is it, it rhymes and it feels the same. I, I think of Luke rushing off to face Vader early on Dagobah, right? Like he gets this vision. It's not wrong, but it's not right. 
uh, at least the, you know, and so it influences decision and Yoda's, you know, we talked about the connections uh, to attack the clones of Yoda having uh, a part in launching the clone war. Uh, and that's not even wrong all the way, but it's like, it's like value what they fight for and everything. So I think there's to me a little bit of, 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 of kind of connection to what Ray's seeing here or wants, um, begging the dark side for that answer. I'm feeling things, see things, give me the direction I need to go. Yeah. Yeah. To me, it just has this great, uh, <clears throat> rhythm with, um, this is what happens when you face the dark side. I, I guess what I respond to is this, there's so much about this scene that it feels totally unique to Ray and Ray's journey. But then within Star Wars storytelling, uh, part of the reason I like the poetry is the nature of the dark side and the nature of the light side, uh, That that's the force throughout all these stories. And then, and then they become unique as different unique characters experience them. But her saying, um, okay, I'm going to go down there. I'm going to figure this out for myself. Uh, and ending up at a point going, please just give me what I think I need. Uh, that really strikes a chord for me with uh, Anakin saying, yes, I will do anything for the dark side. Please just give me what I think I need, which is some magical power to mm. uh, uh, to not to, not to save Padme, really. But please give me some magical power so I don't have to feel pain and loss like that mm. was never going to be the way to save Padme. If if that's truly, truly what he wanted, what he wanted is to not feel that pain, you know, of, of loss ever again and, and fulfill that promise that he made to himself of, I won't let anybody I love ever die. Uh, and this is obviously, you know, a, a much smaller version of that, but it does feel like rage is saying, okay, I believe you dark side, just give me what I think I need in, and it's not actually what she needs. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, so I, I like that uh, begging moment. So then we get to uh, a, the big reveal moment uh, where a couple of big reveal moments where two shadows uh, approach from the other side of the mirror and they merge into one shadow and reveal themselves to be Ray. Uh, and she collapses to her knees. What do you think the truth of that image is that Ray was begging to see her? parents two shadows merged became ray what's the truth of that image and why is it devastating to ray so this goes back to some of the stuff i was touching upon earlier and, and connecting it to nine so this is this the truth might be that she is who she is right so in this moment it means i'm just myself and how horrible is that so to overcome that she has to find that power and being on her own and and become part of the bigger story but then when you play that out into nine the dark side is telling her Guess what? You are you. And wow, wait till you find out who you really are. And that's gonna that's gonna suck, right? <laughs> and once you do, you're alone. So I I connect these kind of emotional threads here of of it was it was telling her, like, oh, you don't even know your parents. It's you. You're the one. You're the one. No, you don't have them. They're not here. And you're alone to face this. And I gotta tell you, ooh, I'm not even gonna tell you what's coming. I, I just, I just keep going back to that kind of stuff, and that's devastating because I, I, I make, I'm even going to us as fans. To me, in the in the theater, the first time, Joseph, I'm sitting there going, uh oh, uh oh, two shadows. It's gonna be Han and Leia. It's gonna be Talon Card and Mara Jade. Uh, <laughs> and then it was her, and I kind of, I did the giggle, like, oh, oh my god, they did it. <laughs> I was even kind of laughing because I knew. Even some of the videos I'd been asked to be a part of uh, were now void. 
you know, and <laughs> that could be devastating to some people. It was devastating to a lot of fans, right? So I think I think it's a little meta there too. Not not that they not that they not that to suggest they were playing with the idea that oh we know have you have your theories, but that that connects for me for Ray. She's falling on her knees like ah oh, that wasn't the answer I wanted. Yeah, not needed, and I think that's why it's devastating. Yeah, yeah, no, and I, I I take your point. I don't. I think that is one of the most culturally fascinating things about Last Jedi is I don't think it was a. You know, Ryan Johnson wrote this long before anybody made any videos, right? Um, but it did. It felt that way that we were in lockstep with Ray of, you know, let me see them, let me see them, let me see if I was right about my theory, my theory, my theory. Uh, and so like, nope, nope. And and I, my opinion, and again, my opinion, uh, that was never the intention of Ryan Johnson because it is this is makes perfect sense for Ray's journey for me. I, I, you know, I hadn't really thought about how the, the two shadows kind of merge together. So in a way, again, it has this sort of dark side. Um, yeah. From a certain point of view, you know, two shadows come together and then, and then you're there. That's all of our truths uh, biologically up to a point. Yeah. Um, but I think that idea, and, and we're going to play that next clip in just a moment. And, and Ray herself uh, talks about this, but that idea that the dark side said, Hey, come come down here, and I will show you what you need. And what you think you need is this simple, direct answer of who your parents are. Instead, I'll show you this complex answer that th- that's not the answer that you are actually looking for. Uh, that you actually need. You're, you're trying to figure out who you are um, by figuring out your parents. So, in a way, I'm showing you something truthful. Here's here's you. Um, and going forward to Rise of Skywalker, she eventually does cut through all of the noise and opinions from other people about who she should be and, and makes choices for herself. Um, but in that moment where she is continuing the thread from Force Awakens of, you know, I want my parents to come home. I want to uh, have this belonging in front of me uh, to the beginning of Last Jedi. I, I, I need someone to show me my place in all this, uh, that it is devastating to be shown Here's your answer is, uh, from her perspective in the moment, a non-answer yeah. is just you, you're alone. You don't, you don't have any belonging. You don't have any place in the story. You're just some scavenger staring in a mirror. She's got a lot of evidence along the way to back that up. Right. Yeah. Uh, you're going to, she's going to pull those files out and be like, yep, yep. Evidence proof. Yep. This is right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it is great because it is both truthful but telling her the truth in the most hurtful way to make her hopefully continue down the dark side path. Because, you know, why else would a dark side cave, in my interpretation, call out? It wants to hurt. It wants to make you, it wants to get you to feed, help feed the dark side, you know? It wants you to continue to be in pain and fear so you will lash out in anger. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then we get, uh, I would say, the second biggest uh, revelation, or maybe the biggest, Ken, it's one you talk a lot about, that uh, we get the, we realize that she is uh, narrating this. She is warming herself uh, by the fire, and in a moment we're going to realize that she is speaking to Kylo. But first, let's take a listen to this clip of what she says. I thought I'd find answers here. I was wrong. I'd never felt so alone. And 
then we get the reveal that it is Kylo she is speaking to. Uh, and you, Ken, in the theater, you've said before, you were expecting her to be talking to Luke. I fell for it. Hook, line, sinker. I was like, oh, yeah, she's she's gone back to Luke to apologize. You were right, Master Luke. Thanks for the lesson. And I, I don't know if I should have been more. I don't know. I don't know what I, you know, I fell for it, and, which is part of what they were. They're not trying to trick me, but it's just your mind goes there. She's Ray and it's Luke, even though they've already got the connections and everything. But this is such a sweet, not, well, that's not enough sweet, but it's a tender. It's a real intimate moment. Right. And yeah, real, real, just exposing of raw, um, raw emotions. And when it's revealed, when he says those words, I, I did that like, Oh, kind of a God, that's great. <laughs> like, <laughs> loved it. Loved the choice. Yeah, yeah. No, I, and I think you're really picking up on something of that is the tension of Ray's experience on Octo is she is explicitly saying, I need help figuring myself out. I need help finding my place in this. And Luke is too busy working through his own issues to really hear that and respond to that. So is she going to turn somewhere else for that? And this is the moment where the answer is, Yep, (laughs) she is. She is going to uh, speak to Kylo and or Ben, maybe. Uh, So why do you think she opens up to Kylo? What about her experience in the mirror cave uh, drove her closer to Kylo? I don't. So I I don't think it's just necessarily, again, a dark side trick. I I think because she senses she's connected again, going back to Force Awakens, the dual interrogation scene, their minds are, are kind of not if, even if it's not technical technically bridged like snow claims like in that moment they they see each other so she sees the truth in kylo and so it all makes sense because this is why ben and ben solo slash kylo is so just intriguing to so many of us like it's a real moment i don't think it is a dark side moment i think she feels that real connection to him and i think he feels it too whether or not it's uh in his mind he's playing it out a little different than hers again you know we could join up and and destroy and and rule is probably part of what he's going through too but i think it i think it's i think it's a great powerful moment for her but i think it's it's great insight into what is actually going on in in ben kylo at the time too um she's seeing what's there it's a connection i don't know he's still manipulative he's still he's still kylo make no mistake yeah no i and i think that's a great point of this is where she sees him you know begins to see him as as ben and begins to have uh empathy for him is in this general part of the film and you know we're going to get to the vision that they have uh, of one another uh but i think that it is important that yeah he is he's still dancing with the dark side and he does say manipulative things uh but there's also this ben side of him that is pulled to the light and who is really alone and did feel he, he didn't make good choices based on it but he did feel rejected by Han. He did feel disappointed by Luke. And the idea that somebody else could be in his same spot of not knowing where they truly belong and being doubted uh, by Luke of like, of course he would want to connect by to that person and, and not feel, you know, as alone. Yeah. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I totally take your point that yes, Kylo is manipulative, but it's not all, uh, to me, it's not all manipulation in this moment. It is an honest desire to not be alone. Yeah. And, and follow me here a little bit too. There's some, there's some power uh, going back to Ray's side 
the previous, the, you know, the previous scene is the, you know, the, the topless Kylo scene and that, that force call, but those revelations that you and I talk about up top, there is, uh, I don't know. I'm drawing this weird compare. I've just been doing some studying on Jon Snow and the Game of Thrones side where when he's going up to the wall, the only one who's told him the truth is Tyrion, who he doesn't like, right? Who he doesn't trust. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Tyrion's the only one like, hey, let me tell you this. So when he starts to learn it and feel it, there's a bit of a connection that grows. Ben and, and Maz is speaking in, you know, vague prophecies or, they, you know, Han, Han's dead, but even Han was gruff, you know. Ben's the only one or Kylo has told her something that maybe has a ring of truth. And so suddenly there's even more of a, all right, maybe, maybe there's something about this cat that I need to look at closer. If that, yeah. makes, you know, no, that makes, that makes perfect sense. I really like the, uh, never implying that Ray, uh, is agreeing with Kylo, but I think there is that, uh, a bit of understanding of, oh, I, I, I'm experiencing a little bit of something that he did where I needed guidance. I didn't get it from Luke. So I explored the dark side for answers. And if I try to talk to Luke about that experience, he'll just be upset with me for exploring it at all. Right. Here you are, somebody who has explored the dark side for answers. I don't agree with anything you've done, but you've explored it for answers. So I at least can talk to you about exploring the dark side, whereas I cannot speak to Luke about it. Exactly. And it's not necessarily a failure on Luke's part. It's, 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 he's going through some stuff, we know. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Hey, Obi-Wan and Yoda sometimes played around with what they said to him over the years. Right. But, um, so I don't, I don't look at it as a failure as Luke, but, but, but part of what he's going through and, 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 um, and collateral damage a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, not, not to spend too much time away from Ray, but I do like the story that emerges for me in last Jedi is Luke just wants to fast forward Ray to everything he's learned and doesn't right. want to watch her go through these steps that he went through. And I think, you know, that's, that's in this moment where he is, uh, letting her down and and what he fixes later. Uh, what do you think the power of Ray choosing to share her experience with anyone at all is in the, in the power of us as an audience seeing it? Uh, I think, I, I think it's powerful from where she's, where she's come from. Um, the opening up of, of her heart is a, is a important thing that needs to happen down the line. It's not to take any way of her, independence and her, and her strength and being uh, on her own she's had for years but you know uh, I, i'm just going it's almost a real real world thing like you to be able to process your feelings to share the experience and then that makes you the, the connection grows stronger so it's important to the story too the the kylo and, and and ray connection starts to really really kick into high gear here so um but i i look at uh i don't want to say i'm proud of ray here because it's kylo but but uh you know what i mean like it's the hardest thing for us humans or Abdenettos uh, to do, uh, <laughs> to share, to talk, yeah. to grow, to question, to challenge. That's hard. That's hard for us. Hard for me every day. So in a weird way, I don't know if this is intention of your question, Joseph, but in a weird way, I'm just like, I'm, I'm proud. Like, yes, this is part of the development connections. You might've connected with the wrong person at the wrong time. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. I don't know how important is this uh, to, to Kylo yeah. Ben's journey. We don't, we don't know. Um, yeah. I would say yeah. That. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, no. I, don't, I know that's not maybe not the direct spirit of that question, but that's kind of where my heart goes to. 
No, it, it, it really is. I mean, the spirit of the question is open-ended, um, but, I, but everything that you said uh, is really powerful for me about why I like it, uh, because it's got this slightly different tone. Um, if we look at, in terms of Star Wars poetry, if you look at Luke's uh, cave tree journey, we don't know how much exactly he discussed it with Yoda. It, it sort of implied in the film that they did because Yoda says, remember your failure at the cave. And he and Luke just says, but I've learned so much since then. So we don't get on film any sense of how much Luke has truly internalized those lessons. Mm. Or if it was just like, I took the cave test and Yoda gave me an F, you know, <laughs> but but now I'm better at moving rocks like we don't know. Yeah from the film because it seems like he learns those lessons more from his experience with Vader. Um, and then we'll, we'll talk more about uh, some of uh, what we perceive Anakin's uh, cave moment uh, or moments to be. Uh, but we generally, we see Anakin open up the Padme, but it we see him just kind of venting uh, pain and anger and sadness. And to me, this is different because it is Ray sitting down with a, another uh, person and honestly processing her feeling, not just what the experience was, but how she feels about the experience. And, and I think that dovetails beautifully with what you were saying. And, and part of the reason that I wanted to highlight that this is different, um, I think it's sometimes something that in our society is can be coded is masculine versus feminine, how much you bottle up emotions versus how much you are willing to be open and talk about them um and and i am not saying that that is masculine and feminine i'm saying i think in society it has been coded that way i don't mm -hmm. want it personally to be uh, a binary uh, but i think that there is a power in seeing uh i went through something traumatic and instead of just bottling it up i reached out to the person that i thought would listen and would and help me process what i went through yeah and then, yeah, yeah, sorry. I was going to go down a very real world <laughs> well, <laughs> discussion. Yeah. And, and, and that's why this, you mentioned something about Kylo's journey. I think this is an important moment for him. It, there's a lot to go and still change and his, he's clouded. I think there's a little bit of a foundation here for his redemption in this moment. Little oh, bit. absolutely. Absolutely. Because I think the, the same goes for him, that there is a, a power in actually being able to you know, I don't think he's having heart to hearts with Snoke about how he truly feels. Snoke is another parent for him to either uh, please or anger, you know? Yeah. And, and this is an opportunity for him to also be able to to open up and let even the possibility of that uh, call to the light open up inside him a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so we, we get on to uh, the very intimate uh, part of the scene where Ray and Kylo intimately touch fingers and they both see something. Uh I'm, I believe that they're seen into one another's minds as opposed to necessarily seeing into the, the cosmic force. Mm -hmm. uh, and Ray sees Kylo's desire to free himself of this parental figure of Snoke. Uh, and I believe Kylo sees what Ray knows but has repressed about her parents that they left her on Jakku on purpose, um, but she doesn't have full memories or understanding of why. So that's a little bit of my theory of what's going on in there. Does that track with you? Do you have other thoughts? No, it, it tracks because of some of the stuff she immediately then then says with Luke. Um, and then also when Kylo, I'm trying to think of the exact moment. I just watched the throne room, even with dialogue and the, and the score version. Uh, <laughs> Kylo, like, I, you know, he's, I saw, he says, I'm paraphrasing, but you know, I, I saw the answer. I saw the truth and it's in you. 
it's there. You know, why, why are you lying? Tell me, you say it, you say it. Like he's got that kind of vibe. So yeah, I think you go back to this. I don't think, I don't think Snoke's ever in, in from force awakens to now been like, Hey, let, let me, let me tell you something. I can't tell you all, all of it. Okay. But let me tell you a little bit. I don't think that conversation <laughs> happened at all. So I think it, I think it tracks back to this. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's for me, one of the reasons that some of their scenes in rise of Skywalker work uh, great with uh, what's in the last Jedi, because uh, in rise of Skywalker, Kylo says, you know, I, 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 I can't remember exactly how he phrased it. I've seen inside your mind, um, which we know we, we saw that in force awakens. They had this uh, connection. Uh, Snoke claims to have bridged their minds, but also uh, with the more information of a dyad, there is this uh, powerful connection between the two of them anyway. And it makes sense to me that when they touch, they, they, it's different to me than uh, Jedi or Palpatine meditating and seeing all the different permutations of the future. This is a real intimate scene into one another. And they both see, um, a, a truth uh, it, and, and it makes sense to me that he senses that Ray knows her parents left her and maybe even the, you know, for drinking money, maybe that's even, uh, you know, uh, this uh, unburied fear or, or this buried fear in Ray's mind specifically that, that Kylo is pulling out in this moment. Yeah. Uh, cool. So any, any other thoughts about that uh, finger touching intimacy moment? I look, I'll tell you what I've, 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 I think we've maybe, made a joke like this before it is it's the closest to like a star wars uh love scene <laughs> yeah sex scene if you will only because it's such a rare true intimate it, it is it is you know and at the, at the time you're like wait are they uh are they cousins have we learned this yet i don't know you know like <laughs> those, those thoughts and hey it is star wars you know um but going back now it it, it is it is a true intimacy beyond even physical um and I think it's shot in that way, the fire, the light. And I'm not saying it's shot sexy, but don't, don't anyone misinterpret it. But, but I look at this as like, this is two people connecting on a level we've never seen in Star Wars before. And that's why I love this whole sequence. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Ryan Johnson has said that, is that, that it's the closest you get to a, a sex scene. I, I could be misremembering. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, and also with Rise of Skywalker, you know, the idea of they actually touched, they have this connection. Mm-hmm that the the physical world is uh can bend to their the depth of their connection in the force uh, it makes it even more powerful for me um so going just a little bit beyond this mirror cave to sort of its consequences so very quickly after this ray leaves the island uh she has the fight with luke and luke uh tells his final version of the night that kylo uh destroyed the temple uh and Ray is leaving the island explicitly to turn Kylo back to Ben. Uh, she's obviously affected by the vision that she's had of of Kylo uh, turning against Snoke. But do you think her choice to leave and to try to turn Ben is affected by her experience in the cave as well? Yeah, I think there's, I think there's some fear driving it and that revelation. We keep talking about she again. She, I, I felt so alone. Well, then here's, you know. Kylo at the campfire saying, uh, uh, you're not, uh, I'm here. I got you. And, and like you said, she sees a truth. There's a truth in there. He did want to free himself of Snoke, right? He did want to do those things. And maybe she sees even the, the light side version of that, but she sees something that's true. So I think those two things add up. Oh God, I just was shown I was alone. I don't want to be alone. This guy says I'm not alone. And if I can go change him and I'm not saying that in a real world, I can change the the partner thing. I'm just saying that in, in a Star Wars big emotional sense, I can go change him. 
then that thing in the cave that I was afraid of is not true. Let me go do it. And, and, and some of the stuff she says to Luke isn't wrong, right? He still has a choice. That's not wrong that she says to Luke. It's just all that stuff plays out differently. You know, um, when, when you get out ahead, when you're not listening to the light side, you're not connecting to the force, you're putting in your own fears. And what's fears, the first step on a lot of bad things, right? Yoda keeps telling us that. <laughs> so I, that's what I, that's what I look at it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've just in, in looking at Ray's overall journey and her journey in the last Jedi been really affected by the moment before she leaves because she offers that lightsaber to Luke one more time and he's not going to take it. And then she's going to turn Kylo uh, and help him become Ben again because she believes in him, which to your point is not entirely a bad thing, but it's also because this idea of if he could be turned, that will turn the tide of the war. Like this explicit mission that, that Leia sent me on what, what all of this has been about for me is, you know, uh, find the Jedi who can stand up to the first order and save the galaxy from this horror. And I thought that was going to be you, Luke. Then I thought you'd at least help me find my place in this. You've said no to the lightsaber twice now. I'm basically going to go give it to Ben and he can be the one to be the future of the Jedi and to be the, the shield against the darkness of the first order, which I, to me is a, that relates to her cave experience because it broke her down. It told her that she was just her and therefore not important. She doesn't have a place in the story. And I think that the end of her arc up to a point in in last jedi is when she finally does take that lightsaber back from kylo and i right. think finally decides i i don't have to give it to luke i don't have to give it to kylo or ben i have the power i have the choice i can and and should be that person that i think the galaxy needs right it's awesome uh, we we have everything we need Yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and I think the, the cave is important in that because it is making her doubt herself. Right. Uh, so moving on from the uh, kind of beat by beat analysis, uh, we're going to look at some big picture stuff as we begin to wrap up. So a big question that I think is on a lot of people's mind looking back on this scene is how does all of Ray's mirror cave experience work with the revelation of her Palpatine lineage and the rise of Skywalker. So for you, Ken, how does it work? Well, I'll start here. Um, when we knew this was going to kind of be the, the poll winner, I had a little slight fear of like, man, I hope it connects. Right. And you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to have that guy jig. Cause then, you know, that's when we get accused of connecting to things that aren't there. And I got to tell you, it, it is, it's powerful. It's there. It's there. And I know you know, from the outside looking in, you could say, well, when Ryan wrote it, that wasn't there. But that's what I think when they approached the the writing of, of Rise of Skywalker and the planning and, and, and production of Rise of Skywalker, they found the places they could play with and connect things in the shadows that where they had a little more room than other places, you know, and they found it. And so when we really dove in, the stuff I'm saying up top, I think it is follow the dark side here, man. You are alone. You are who you think you are. And you're going to find out who that is, and that's going to knock you off your out of your shoes and off you onto your butt. You're not going to know because stand by, Ray. You don't even know. And how she stands up to that is, as you keep 
wonderfully say, Joseph, making the choice, uh, celebrating not her being alone, but, you know, having connection with the friends, all, all that stuff, but, but her independence and choosing and uh, everyone else around her throwing, hey, join me, join me, be, the, be this, be that, be this. And she opens herself up to her, her own path there in that mind. So it, it long story short, it, 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 the emotional canon we always talk about is, is there. It's there yeah. if you follow it out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I really agree with that. I really like that sentiment. I think, yes, absolutely. When you just saw The Last Jedi and she saw only herself and the revelation was she, she doesn't have any big lineage. Yes. Then it definitely feels like this specific rhythm with uh, Luke on Dagobah mm-hmm. of, you know, he, he sees himself in Vader's helmet and then realizes he is of that lineage. Um, And I think that was a valid interpretation, maybe even the intention at the time. But I feel like it does still really work with Rise of Skywalker because of a lot of things that you were saying. Um, I I really like that the escalation of fear is I have no place in this story to I am afraid of the the exact horrible place that I have in this story and that Rise of Skywalker, her her fear escalates to fear that she won't be able to handle this power that she has and she will accidentally uh, slip into using it to cause harm to the people that she loves. Um, don't need to go down the laundry list of ways that Rise of Skywalker uh, support that because they're, they're all right there. But I, I, I think if you'll go with me here for a second, mm-hmm. in Last Jedi, she goes into the cave. Uh, if the cave is indeed like the one on Dagobah, the only thing in there is what you take with it. She goes in with that fear that she has no place and that she's alone. And that's what the cave reflects. And my mind goes to, well, what would the cave show her if she returned, uh, when she returned to Octo, if she went back down there? And in a way, it's addressed in in Rise of Skywalker when she is uh, affected by going into uh, Palpatine's uh, vault what does she see? She sees a, a dark side version of herself. Uh, when she literally goes to Octo in, in Rise of Skywalker and Luke asks her, what are you most afraid of? She doesn't say Palpatine. She says myself. Uh, and that has this great rhythm that what's been going on with her for her entire journey, there's been different permutations of it, but it's been this question of, who am I? How am I going to define myself? Who am I going to choose to be? So the fact that in Last Jedi, she went into that uh, mirror cave and she saw basically only herself. And then when she returns and asks to be to examine herself honestly by Luke, she's still wrestling with me. Who am I? Yeah. And, and that to me gives uh, makes the, the cave scene really have some rhythm with uh, Rise of Skywalker and the rest of Ray's journey. Yeah. Absolutely. It's there. Nice. Um, so we're going to move on to, uh, we've talked a little bit about the poetry with uh, Luke's cave tree on Dagobah. Do you think that the amount of poetry is too much, uh, too little, just right? What are your feelings on it? I'll take the porridge uh, right in the middle. It's just right. <laughs> um, no, because it's it's similar. It's enough to let you know as a viewer, oh, here we go. We, she's having this moment. Um, it is, it's tied to, to big myth ideas too. So, but it's, it's different, right? The revelation is different. You just kind of said it a little second ago in a real direct form in our minds, Luke goes in there, he discovers he's Vader. Now we didn't know that, but we all know that now. So the answer is here. 
And it's not, it's different. I mean, it's, it's there. The answer's sort of, the, you know, sort of there, but you know what I mean? But it's like, so we, 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 we can, we went two different directions with it as, as a fan base. And that shows me that there's enough room in both, both these caves to be unique, but also have the same purpose. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Uh, and, uh, you said it so well, I got nothing to add. So I'm going to move on to our next, uh, idea. Uh, so this is a, in opinion, feel free to agree, disagree. Uh, you look at Luke's cave moment in Empire Strikes Back, uh, and Rey's in The Last Jedi. I feel that in Attack the Clones, it's not literal. Anakin is not literally going into any sort of dark side cave, but I feel like his cave moment is finding Shmi in the Tuscan camp and uh, reacting. How do you feel about that? Yeah, uh, look, a literal cave, no, but a cave-like kind of dwelling, right? Dark, um, disturbing, you can't see everything clear in there. Um, And there's some things that are very clear. Uh, Shmi is uh, suffering and dying and uh, plays on his his greatest fear. What does he take into that Tuscan Raider dwelling? He takes the fear of losing her and not, and like, and you said it so well earlier. It's not this attachment of, I want Padme to be alive. It is attachment of, I know I can't deal with it. And I don't want to deal with it. So that's what he's taking in there. And that's what he finds. That's what he finds. And look what he does with it. Yeah. And- yeah. Uh, yeah. I just, when I was thinking through it, I just, I really liked seeing that scene that way because of everything you're talking about it. It, it has this uh, mythic sense, uh, very Joseph Campbell, all those kind of discussions of a, a descent into a dark and horrible place, have to face something truly awful. In all three cases, some version of parents is involved in Attack the Clones. It is literally Anakin uh, finding his mother in uh, Empire Strikes Back. It's uh, Luke's connection with his father, even though he doesn't know that at that point and his potential to follow that path. And then Ray, it's an explicit, you know, this is a place that's going to show me my parents. So the fact that it's all about that, who am I going to be in relationship to my parents gives it this great uh, rhythm. And then that exactly what you're saying, that he's uh, has to face this fear of loss. And uh, arguably, he does not pass that test by lashing out in revenge. Anakin, no. <laughs> yeah, where was Qui-Gon? Where was Qui-Gon when everybody else was having their cave moments? Um, so if the cave uh, represents the need to face your your dark self, what ultimately, to kind of wrap up our discussion of the mirror cave itself, what does Rey uh, face in the mirror cave? If uh, Luke is facing a tendency towards aggression and leading with weapons and attack and Anakin is facing a fear of loss... Uh, what do you think Ray is fundamentally facing? I think she's she's fundamentally facing what you um, led to uh, uh, what we eventually see is her place in this story and how she feels she doesn't belong and understandably offers the lightsaber to all these people right that's kind of the lit- and then she eventually takes it right so I think that's I think that's what it is I, I have no place in the story is is something that happens is said to her a lot or she or says or expresses in some way and the cave kind of said yep you got no place you're alone yeah yeah and then luke says the the positive version of that if you know a thousand generations live in you now but this is your fight you know yeah great stuff great stuff uh so 
when we were going to do this as part of an overall uh, Four Center main show the way we normally did, I had a last question that was a, a little heavy. So uh, I'm going to ask you to answer both seriously and uh, in a fun way <laughs> so we don't end on a downer. So if you had to face your dark self in a cave, what do you think might see? Serious answer, joke answer. Well, my friend, I think it's all in the same for me. If you follow my, <laughs> my brand of self-loathing. Um, uh, if I was to go to the cave, it would, it would be, uh, I'd be faced with my own apathy, my own stoic nature and my own disconnection, um, from any kind of passions. And I'd be probably pounding on the cave mirror to show me which direction to go. And my reflection would just shrug and walk away. Oh. <laughs> okay. Good, good, serious and joke answer. <laughs> I'm laughing so I don't cry, uh, but it's very good. Very, very honest. And quite an image, quite an image of Mira Ken shrugging, going, eh, eh, that's what I got. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know for myself uh, how much the uh, the mirror cave, would, would, what did it would explicitly show me, but maybe I can be inspired by, uh, by you combining your answers into one. Uh, I think for me, the part of Star Wars that really one of the many that resonates with me is acting in anger without realizing that you're acting in anger because if you didn't, you would have to honestly face something you fear. Um, and I think when I trace back to choices that I've made that, that I wish I hadn't made or moments I've lashed out, it's always because something is dancing close to something I'm afraid of and that anger helps me uh, cover up the fear. So I think the cave would try to find some way of, of making me face that. Uh, and maybe uh, what that would turn into is, it, you know, I, I would see myself not taking action when I should, uh, not uh, being responsible for myself, and that would uh, turn into just uh, thousands and thousands of mirror versions of me uh, eating frozen pizza angrily. <laughs> Angry frozen pizza. <laughs> that's what i will face in the cave that's that's the dark side uh our dark side versions are podcasting somewhere with shrugs and frozen pizza and just not karen shrugs and frozen pizza that's a new show on apple <laughs> that is right uh so that is the end of my questions any final thoughts ken no just thank you for taking us through it i think it's such a wonderful uh important scene to the sequel trilogy uh, and in many ways serves as almost a classic midpoint for Ray's story and I, overall, seven, eight, nine. And, uh, and I love it. And I'm so happy the fans, uh, uh, it was a close, it was close. Uh, there were, we had some other close uh, options we'll probably get to, but I, I'm, I'm happy to launch Force Center scene by scene with this deep, deep sequence. Yeah, yeah. And we will definitely discuss more. But this was a really fun one. I think it is a really great scene with a lot of depth. I think it is one that does change over time from our first viewing of Last Jedi to subsequent to then it changes again, being informed by Rise of Skywalker. So it was really, really fun uh, to examine with you, Ken. Uh, so want to wrap up here with uh, all our plugs we got uh on twitter of course you can find us at four center pod uh on facebook you can find us at four center podcast uh the podcast is available many places of course on anchor uh iheart radio apple podcast google play stitcher tune in our merch is at 
tpublic.com slash user slash force center. If you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash force center uh, and be a part of our Discord discussion channel and uh, polls like the one we did there for this scene by scene. Uh, any other plugs I'm forgetting for force center, Ken? That is uh, our massive amount of plugs. <laughs> it's plenty, right? So yeah. uh, where can uh, where can people find you, Ken? Hey, you can go to uh, KenNapsack.com. I also want to highlight it is uh, Pride Month. And on my website, we have a charity spotlight tab. If you go there, uh, I'm supporting uh, 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 Maggie's uh, Pride Project, which is, uh, excuse me, Maddie's Pride Project. I have two my cousin has two wonderful daughters, and Maddie um, is uh, launching this uh, Maddie's Pride project. And yet, you can purchase some uh, original handcrafted theme park ears. <laughs> um, and ten dollars of every purchase uh, goes directly to the Trevor Project. So uh, that's highlighted on my website. Go to kenapsock.com, hit the charity tab, and it'll take you there. Great. Uh, I think that's awesome. Awesome highlight to char- uh, charity to highlight. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can check out my website for uh, comedy albums and my other podcast, Obsessed, and all sorts of stuff like that. That is on josephscrimshaw.com. And that is it for us for this first uh, standalone deep dive episode. Uh, we are going to go look inside the mirror caves of our soul. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.